0: Hey, hey everybody, it's Nerby, cerealandgrapejuice.com I am Nerby on Twitter, I am Nerby on Instagram I'm also Nerby in awful music videos everywhere Speaking of which, it's time for another episode of Degrassi Buddy It's episode 15, in which we will be discussing Degrassi High Season 1 Episodes 4, 5, and 6 Ah, I was going to say it's getting good, no, it's getting better Getting better and... Really pushing that envelope, as we're gonna find out uh, in one of these recaps here. Yeah, but anyway, let's just not do anything anymore. Starting with the Grassy High season one episode four, entitled "Dream On," air date November twentieth, nineteen eighty nine. This was a good one. <laughs> we start with Caitlin, who is—they're uh, using the soft glow filter shot—and she's walking down the school hallway towards Arthur. Who's standing there like some knight in shining armor, wearing a pants with what appears to be no belt at all? Well, that's what uh, people like Arthur did and still do, and he's there standing, waiting to open the door for her. <laughs> he's, seriously, he's seriously standing like a guard, <laughs> and anyway, he opens the door for Caitlyn, and she says that she didn't know that Arthur was such a gentleman, and he replies that it was that it was nothing, and he says. Oh, sorry. Caitlin says, "I don't think I ever really looked at you before." <laughs> she then tells him that he's very handsome. Arthur then gives Caitlin a flower, and they slowly move closer to each other. And they're about to do a big smooch when suddenly the alarm the alarm goes off, waking up Arthur, who's unhappy, and uh, he never got to he never got to see. Swamp sex robots part two <laughs> I can relate I'm sure we can all relate man that's just what happens with those kinds of dreams man it, it, it's it's like the the classic scene from fast Times at Richmond High you know the Phoebe Kate scene everybody who's seen that movie knows what I'm talking about the Swim cool scene the alarm always when you're having one of those dreams the alarm always goes off right as Phoebe's about to uh pop open that top anyway but then we get the uh the intro yeah. But it never seems to fail with those dreams. At least for the dudes. I don't know how it is with the women. I'm sure the females have those, those swamp sex robot dreams as well. But uh, who knows if they get interrupted right when the good stuff is about to begin. Always happens. It's not cool at all. Anyway, after the intro we go to school. Arthur sees Caitlin walking down the hall. She's talking to Claude. <sighs> about the ozone layer. Arthur's sporting one hell of a ball of hair. Almost, it almost looks like a molded sponge on top of his head. Caitlin then goes to open the door, but Arthur quickly opens it for her, making her drop her books and be very unimpressed with him. They then both bend down to pick up their uh, Caitlin's books, and they bump heads together. <laughs> and then Caitlin asks asks Arthur that from now on, if she can just let, if he can just let her open her own doors in the future. Well, he was trying, you know. Those kind of dreams can do that to a dude, man They can really do this. You want to you segue real quick I remember it, I actually had a A a, a dream About the Caitlyn character Back in my high school days one time, right You know what I did as a result when I woke up That day? I skipped school And I wrote, seriously, I skipped School that day and wrote the TTC Hoping That maybe I'd run into Stacy Mistison, at aka Caitlyn And meet her in person That's what those dreams do to dumb teenage dudes Anyway uh, We go to French class Arthur's sitting there gazing at Caitlyn from across the room When she notices him And he suddenly breaks out of it The teacher then puts Caitlyn and Arthur together for a project And when Arthur hears That uh, he's been paired with Caitlyn He replies, Caitlyn? Yeah, he's excited obviously Swamp Sex Robots Part 2, baby (laughs) And they have to have a telephones conversation in French and, uh, which is going to be good for Arthur because he uh, spent the summer in France. Well, two weeks out of the summer in France, so he should be a pretty decent partner. I, on the other hand, would not have been a decent partner as I was very garbage at French, but we had to take French in school. Junior high and high school was mandatory. I had to take it at least once in high school anyway. Yeah, je m'appelle and so on. Yeah. Anyway, the students all head off for lunch. Arthur suggests that Caitlin come over to his place tonight to work on the project. She says that they... That uh, they could just do it at school on Friday During their spare Says the project isn't due until Monday That's when Joey suddenly Appears and he comes up and he asks uh, Caitlin if uh, she and uh, Him are still on for the movie on Friday Caitlin half acidly Says yes But she's obviously not up to it <laughs> Joey asks her if uh, she's mad At him about something Caitlin says no and they walk off together Come on man Obviously She's got stuff going on in her head, as I've seen that look and overall demeanor before. Okay, I've seen it before. I'm sure a lot of us dudes have. Ah, just saying. Anyway, in the girls' bathroom, Spike is talking to the twins, Heather and Erica, when Liz exits. The, as it exits, one of the shitters. The twins then leave, and Liz remarks about how abortion—or sorry, about abortion—and asks Spike which twin she thinks had the abortion. Spike says that she's sure it wasn't Heather and then asks Liz that you know that she doesn't know what. what really happened anyway. And Liz replies that she saw them at the clinic. And meanwhile Joanne, the Joanne character, is there in the bathroom with them at this time. So Liz and uh, Spike are probably uh, the two girls who Joanne heard talking about it in the previous episode. even though the timing is not right at all, so they probably should have added this scene. To the previous episode But what you are gonna do It's Degrassi They are forgiven Spike suggests that uh, They may have just been there To do some research But Liz doesn't buy it Spike then says that Even if it is true It's none of their business And Liz replies that Abortion is everybody's business And angrily walks out Elsewhere in the halls Kathleen tells Melanie That she wants a boyfriend And she says that Melanie can't really understand Because she's had at least Some dates Melanie then reminds Kathleen that she went to the graduation dance with Arthur, and Kathleen replies that she asked him, and Arthur is a boy, not a guy. (laughs) I'll tell you, man, back in the day, man, when you went from from being a boy to a guy, it was was pretty big. Pretty big, just saying as 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 a man, yeah, it was pretty big. They suddenly bump into Diana, who's covered in shaving cream, and then has the number nine, uh... Written in shaving cream on the front and back of her shirt As she obviously just got initiated Melanie and Kathleen then get to their lockers Where Tabby and her friends are And they're blocking the lockers Spamming hairspray all over their friggin' hair Tabby sprays hairspray into uh, Melanie's face Which is part of the intro You notice there's a scene in there in the intro Very quickly where Melanie gets sprayed in the face It's right there, yeah, it's awesome Isn't it awesome? It is awesome Anyway, it makes Melanie cough and Kathleen suggests that they return later We then go to the cafeteria where Alex and another student are playing a card game. Don't know what they're playing It's probably some nerd game and they're joined by Arthur who spots Caitlin talking to Claude What a stupid name and as Caitlin talks to stupid name Claude Joey walks by and he sees them he then sits down with snake and wheels And they start trying to arrange a time for the band to practice since they're going to be making a music video. But but unfortunately, they all have plans for different nights that they're suggesting. Joey tells them that they have to make some sacrifices if they want to be famous. Snake and Wheels, Wheels who was still sporting that ridiculous ponytail, suggests Friday night for the practice, but Joey says that he can't because he's got a date with Caitlin. Wheels and Snake remind Joey that Sacrifices have to be made, but Joey doesn't want To break the date with Kalen, because he thinks That she's mad at him Snake and Wheels ask Joey what he did wrong this time But Joey doesn't know And he tells them that he's not going to lose Kalen Speaking of which Kalen then finishes her conversation with Claude, and then sits Down with Maya, who comments that uh, Kalen has been spending a lot of time with That Claude As Arthur's listening in from uh, A table just Nearby Caitlyn points out that she and Claude are just friends And that she's still sort of going out with Joey She guesses Maya then suggests that Joey and Caitlyn could be finished And Caitlyn replies that that might be true Which delights Arthur Who's listening in And it's it's weird that you know they're finished And it's a big deal Even though they've only been going out for a few months They only got together near the end of the previous school year But it's Degrassi man It's big It's Caitlyn and Joey man Damn We go to the auditorium We see an older student, Scott Sporting a douchebag mustache And who's played by a real life scumbag Look him up, I'm not going to get into it here But look up the actor and you'll see why he's a scumbag in real life And those mustaches that us that us dudes when we are young Try to grow and they look all ugly And I think they look greasy Blech. No man, young people or... I don't know how many young people Might listen to the grassy buddies See you on I am nearby everywhere I don't know But if, if you're a parent And have a young boy Who's about to turn teenager Tell him not to try to grow facial hair Until he's at least Like 15 Maybe uh, 16 or 17 Because he looks like a douche and a half Just saying Anyway scumbag Scott Signs up for the school play And he tells Kathleen That she should sign up as well As it's always a fun time so Kathleen does sign up, then she runs to tell Melanie about it all. She says that the boy was definitely cute, and he's definitely smiled at her. <sighs> cute my ass. She tells Melanie that it's embarrassing not having a boyfriend, and they get to their lockers, where Tabby is there again. And she's blocking the lockers, making out with Nick. Kathleen tells Melanie that maybe they should just come back later, but Melanie says that they need to get their books for class or they are getting in trouble. They walk up to Nick and Tabby who are still making out. They clear their throats and say that they need to get to their lockers but Nick just tells them both to beat it and they eventually just walk away and Melanie just says that maybe they should just donate their lockers to charity <laughs> since they never get to use them. <laughs> oh, Melanie's awesome. And Melanie then tells Kathleen that even though they're in grade 9 they've got a right to their own lockers and Kathleen agrees but tells Melanie to try telling Tabby and Nick that. We go to Yick who's at his locker, and he's still got some of the uh, Mr. You, the disorganized problems. Arthur appears, and he wants to talk to Yick about uh, the about, uh, Swamp Sex Robots Part 2. <laughs> but Yick tells him angrily to go away, which is not cool, man. The original dynamic duo are having their problems. Arthur tells Yick that he's the only person he can talk to about his situation. And he tells him that there's a girl that he sort of likes, and Yick immediately says that it's Kalen. Arthur says no at first, but he admits that He then admits it, that it is Kalen, he says that he wants to Ask her out, but he doesn't know how Yick replies, you know Angrily somewhat That Arthur is rich and he should just buy her oh, Come on, duo, come on Arthur again pleads For help and reminds Yick that he helped Him in the past Yick then agrees and reminds Arthur that Kalen is going out With Joey, but Arthur says that she's almost Ready to break up with him Yik then says that Arthur just just asked Caitlin out, saying that if Arthur doesn't ask, then she can't say yes, and saying that it's not the end of the world if she says no. So they go into the class. Arthur approaches Caitlin, who's talking to Maya. Arthur walks up to Caitlin, like a knight in shining armor, and then he asks about when they're gonna get together to do their French assignment because he forgot. <laughs> oh, Arthur. But I understand man, it's not easy I'm not sure it's not, it's not easy for a girl either I'm you know, just saying But especially since it's expected of us dudes To do the asking Come on ladies, cut us some slack Yeah, Kaitlin then tells Poor Arthur That they arranged to get together this afternoon Arthur then, he's like Oh yeah, and he sits his ass down <laughs> As Maya jokes with Caitlin That Arthur has a crush on her And Caitlin says that she hopes not Because Arthur is not her type We go to the hallways, and Kathleen points out Scott the scumbag to Melanie, and scumbag is being stupid in the distance with Bronco, who we have not been officially introduced to yet, but we will be. Kathleen says that he's in grade 11 at least, and she wonders what might happen if they both get the leads in the school play, and what if it were a romantic play? Melanie says that all the good roles go to seniors, and Kathleen replies that she can dream at least. We then cut back to the continuation of Swamp Sex Robots Part (laughs) 2 Arthur and his hair are looking (laughs) dapper As Arthur's sporting a tux And he's there with Caitlin, And they're having a candlelit dinner in what's supposed to be a fancy restaurant But it's actually the school cafeteria And one of the waiters, Yick, Gives them each an order of french fries (laughs) I love it (laughs) And the other waiter, Alex Pours coke into their champagne glasses. <laughs> Yik then snaps his fingers, and they bring out Joey, who's tied and gagged to a chair. Kayla and Arthur laugh, and they do that thing with their arms where they drink together, but they lock them up, and they st- so they st- they look into each other's eyes after taking a nice sip of coke, and they slowly start to move closer to each other to make to do some smooching, and upon seeing this, Joey, who's gagged and tied to a chair. <laughs> He's just squirming all over the place and trying to scream. When suddenly we get the Phoebe Kate's moment. Well, not the Phoebe Kate's moment, but the ruining moment. Where a dog starts barking, which wakes up Arthur and his hair. And uh, unfortunately, we don't get to see the finale of Swamp Sex Robots Part 2. What you going to do? We go to school where Caitlin's in her locker. And Claude arrives. He's holding some kind of science project thing Like a tinker toy But it's science You know, that's what you do He taps her on the shoulder He does that thing where he did this That that Claude character People will people will remember him He, he Like where You tap on Like for example You tap on somebody's left shoulder And then you quickly run to their right So when they turn left There's nobody there Yeah, he, he did that Because he's got a stupid name Alright Yeah Ah <sighs> Anyway, stupid name Claude Asks Caitlin if she wants to go to a French film with him tonight And she's about to tell him that she's got other plans Before suggesting Saturday instead Claude tells Caitlyn that the film is only showing tonight And Caitlin happily agrees to go with him And I hate this guy, I, I never liked him As I said, from the moment his stupid name face first appeared In that first episode of Degrassi High Where he says hi to her I didn't like him at all. I knew that he was the di- he was the d- clown in the beginning of the new intro, who's leaning into Caitlyn and planting one on her. This idiot messing with our Joni and Chachi. Anyway, Caitlyn catches up with Maya in the hall, and she tells her about her date with Claude. Maya asks Caitlyn what about her date with Joey, and Caitlyn says that she doesn't want to hurt Joey. And Maya asks Caitlyn how she'd feel if someone broke a date to go out with her. Oh, or to go out with some Oh, sorry, if some how would Caitlin feel? Sorry. Clone and his dumb name and his dumb face and his home wrecking crap is just messing up my head. Maya asked Caitlin how she'd feel if someone broke a date with her to go out with someone else. Exactly. I mean the that eighth grade that eighth grade dance thing in junior high with Liz and Joey doesn't count because nothing was official. So just saying. Joey did nothing wrong. Yeah. And that's And uh, Caitlin says that uh, because she doesn't want to hurt Joey, that's why she can't tell him the truth. So she needs a really good excuse to break up the date. Maya tells Caitlin that she's just afraid of hurting Joey in case things don't work out with Claude. Caitlin says that that's not it. And she really, really wants to go out with Claude. And Maya wishes her luck and rolls away in her wheelchair. Ah, Caitlin home homewrecker Claude never liked him ever we go to the resource center where Caitlin and Arthur work on their phone conversation but Arthur is just sitting there gazing at her as she's going over their lines Arthur then seems like he's about to ask Caitlin out when the bell rings and he says that they can work on their project tonight but Caitlin says that she's busy and then she suddenly has an idea and she asks Arthur if she can do her a big favor she grabs him and pulls him to one of the, the aisles in the library slash resource center. And she tells Arthur that there's a movie that she wants to see. But she doesn't want to hurt Joey. So she wants Arthur to back her up. and she, So she can tell Joey that they have an assignment to do together tonight. Not even mentioning Claude's name. Sorry, Cla- Cla- Claude, Claude's name. Caitlin. Let's see what this dude is making her do. Arthur tells Caitlin that he's not a very good liar. Caitlin tells him that all he's got to do is agree And she'll do all the talking So Arthur agrees So they find Joey in the hallway Caitlin grabs him and tells Tells Joey the Arthur story As Arthur is just standing there looking dumb Snake and wheels celebrate Upon hearing the news that the date's been broken off But Joey can't believe That Caitlin's breaking a date On a Friday night to do homework But Caitlin tells him that the assignment is due Monday and tonight is the only time That they can work on it as Arthur and his hair shrug and Joey then suggests a date next week And Caitlin half acidly agrees This home-wrecking clown With a stupid name And eventually I'm sure you all remember Who remember this series Is going to start wearing one of those Spoiler alert Those Seinfeld puffy shirts To make look even more stupid Idiot Anywhere, Sorry I never liked this guy Okay, this Degrassi universe gets me emotional because I grew up on these characters, and Claude the fraud is ruining Joni and Chachi. Anywhere elsewhere in the hallway, Melanie and Kathleen hear an announcement about the Degrassi Tigers football game, and they both talk about how they hate football. When suddenly Scott the douche walks by and he asks them if they're going to the game, Kathleen instantly says yes. And then Melanie claims that she has to go home, and she's got a big smile on her face, says she likes that Kathleen is. Oh, the boy's talking to Kathleen. Yeah, a douchebag is, talk to Cath- is talking to Kathleen. And uh, Melanie tells Kathleen to have fun. They all head out to the quad, meaning douchebag Scott and Kathleen and their friends head out to the quad. But Kathleen stands back and says that she's not supposed to go in there because she's a niner. Scott tells Kathleen that it's okay because she's with them. Kathleen smiles, as she goes, and she tells Scott that she's always wanted to go to a football game. Come on, Kathleen. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Look at his face, man. Look at his god-awful facial hair. Anyway, we're outside of the school later on. Caitlin asks Arthur when he wants to meet to finish the assignment, and they agree to get together early on Monday morning. Arthur and his hair finally ask Caitlin if she'd like to go to a movie with him sometime, like tomorrow. And he says, like a date. You and me, me and you. Caitlin's startled, which surprised me back in the day, because Caitlin is one of the DeGrassi female characters that I crushed on back in the day. So, come on, man. Why would you be surprised that Arthur and his hair would be interested in you? Anyway, she seems startled, and she says she says that she can't go to a movie, and she suggests some other time, which Arthur happily replies. Sure, when? <laughs> Come on, Arthur Kayla <laughs> suggests talking about it next week And Arthur recommends talking about it now So they can get everything organized Kayla then turns him down Tells him that she likes him But she thinks that they'd be better as just friends Arthur's heart is broken into a million pieces <laughs> But he accepts his invitation into the friend zone There's people out there who say There's no such thing as a friend zone Hey man, obviously there's no such thing as a physical friend zone But for dudes, just just deal with it Okay? Friend zone, it's just what we call it Alright? No biggie Okay? We get over it Well, most of us do Anyway, Arthur and his hair Watch Caitlyn walk away As she walks towards Claude Who's standing there waiting for her Claude hands her a flower And they walk off together and as they walk away Claude puts his arm around Caitlin And then she puts her arm around his lower back Screw that guy And at this, t- at this point Arthur's probably realizing that He was used Which is not cool Caitlin And later on at home Arthur and his hair are sitting alone in their bedroom Looking upset They lie down And we've all been there brother It's just the way it is man it's, we, we all get over it man Just get over it. Go home and watch some comedy movies, some action movies. Just don't listen to any sappy love songs or watch any romantic movies. You get over it. Trust me. (sighs) Anyway, we then go to school on the following Monday. Kathleen tells Melanie that all the older students at the football game, they treated her like a real person instead of like a niner. And she tells Melanie that Scott... Uh... He's supposedly so nice and that he is in the 11th grade. They arrive at their lockers where Tabby's once again there with her friends, polluting the ozone layer, in the school anyway, blocking the lockers. What are you doing? Get out of there. Now. Excuse me? These are our lockers, not yours. Go stand in front of your own lockers. Hey, let me go. Watch it. Who do you think you are? How dare you, Blocker Law? You have just as much right to be there as you do. And another thing this hairspray is polluting the environment. Get out of here! Now! Niners, they're completely out of their minds. They should be locked up. Ah, oh, and I love it. Ah, oh. You know, it's unfortunate that the, the Yick and Arthur duo is uh, pretty much done. But at least we still got Kathleen and Melanie. And these two, even now, oh, these they're great. Well done, Kathleen. All she, she, The only thing that was missing was just, just bitch-slapping Tabby. Even though I crushed on Tabby as well. I crushed on a lot of the females. What are you going to do? <sighs> well done, Kathleen. I mean, Yick and Arthur might be done, but at least we still have Kathleen and Melanie. Right on. Anyway, elsewhere, Yick tells, or uh, Ar- sorry, Arthur tells Yick that it uh, it's not a problem, or oh, sorry, Yick tells Arthur that it's not a problem that Kalen didn't want to go out with him. Kalen then comes up and asks Arthur where he was this morning because they were supposed to meet to do their assignment together. Arthur tells Kalen that he finished it on his own. Oh, Arthur. That's the kind of thing that I did a couple times back in the day. If I would be uh, paired up with somebody, not because I was, you know, suddenly crushing on the partner I was assigned, but because you know I just didn't feel like mean with the person. I just did it all on my own anyway and got us good marks for the both of us. And Caitlin thanks Arthur for being a great partner and a real friend. She then kisses him on the cheek, which I'm sure didn't help at all. <laughs> Come on, man. Ah. <sighs> uh. <sighs> then she walks down the hall, leaving poor Arthur. Caitlin catches up with Maya, and she tells Maya about her date with Claude. And then after the movie, they went to a cafe and had cappuccino. God. God. That's exactly where that guy would take somebody. And she thinks that she's in love. And as Arthur is just, and his hair are just watching from a distance, we get the freeze frame on Arthur's. Sad Heartbroken face In the credits roll As he was used Ah, <laughs> oh, man Don't worry Arthur uh, Oh yeah Things don't pick up for him do they <laughs> He doesn't end up getting a girl does he Spoiler alert <laughs> Unless there's some deleted scenes in my DVD set I don't know but yeah we'll see Anyway that was, the, uh, that was episode 4 of Degrassi High Season 1 Oh, Arthur, Arthur, Arthur. Dream on. We never got to see Swamp Sex Robots Part 2, but what you gonna do? uh, Come on, man. Come on. Come on, Arthur. I'm telling you, man. It's that hair. Okay? It's not because he's a nerd. It's the hair. That friggin' sponge he's got on his head. If the dude went and shaved it and got the buzz cut, he could have been... He could have been the freaking heartthrob of the whole Degrassi universe, I'm telling you. He's got that face and he's that good of an actor, the, the Duncan Waffle who plays him. But they kept that friggin' sponge on his head. Oh, man. And we now go to Degrassi High Season 1, Episode 5, titled Everybody Wants Something. Air date November 27th, 1989. I'm trying try not to laugh, it's because, ugh, oh, this music video. Anyway, it starts and we're at school The Zit Remedy are talking about plans for their music video And Wheels has finally dropped the ponytail and he now has a mullet Which actually looks pretty alright for mullets as far as mullets go I mean mullets later on in the mid 90s Just became these ridiculous looking things But the ones that wheeled, the one that Wheels was sporting in 89, late 89 It worked, okay, just saying And anyway, so the Zit Remedy, they find Lucy in the hall and Joey asks her about the video. Tells her that they've rewritten the script. Because as people remember, the original script had uh, the Zit Remedy being fawned all over by girls in bikinis. And Lucy was not going for it at all. Lucy tells the Zit that she, she doesn't want to shoot it. And that she just gets someone else to shoot it. Joey says that they'll show her the new script. And if she likes it, that maybe she'll want to shoot it. And Lucy says it asks if that means that... She, she gets script approval And the Zit Remedy reluctantly agree And so does Lucy agrees The Zit Remedy then uh, cheer And they head off down the hall To work on their script And that's when we get the intro After the intro, Joey sees Caitlin on her way to school And he tells her that Lucy's going to shoot their music video And he asks Caitlin if she wants to be in it He says that she can do anything if she, Whatever she wants Caitlin half acidly tells Joey That, you know, great about the video Come on, there's obviously something going on But she says that she doesn't want to be in it Joey then asks her out But she says no to that as well And heads into the school it, it, it's, it's just so obvious That she's not happy to be in Joey's presence, man But Joey just, he just I mean, uh, I've been there I mean, with, with, with my ex You know, when we were going out like it would be obvious that there was something wrong, and I wouldn't want to ask because I would either get fine. I'm fine. It's like okay. It's like after one too many of those things, you just don't want to ask anymore. Just saying, as a dude, ladies, you know, FYI. The more "I'm fine" answers you give when you're obviously not fine, the less and less the dude is going to want to ask you in the future. So just freaking come out and tell him. He's a man, and if he can't take it. Dump them, and like, if you're hot, come with me Yeah, anyway uh, Caitlin then sees Claude on the steps And starts talking to him As Joey's sitting there watching Looking heartbroken Oh, Caitlin is just, she's just she's, she's she's not even Trying to be brutal, but she's being brutal Man, damn Joey goes back to Wheels and Snake And tells them that Caitlin is just Being moody, but he can't figure out why And they point out that She's been moody all term Joy then tells them that everything's fine and the mind of their own business, and he probably doesn't even want to know what's really going on. As far, well, like I said, he probably doesn't want to know what's going on, because uh, it's it's like that classic, you know, if you don't see it, it's not happening. It doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, if, as an example, segue. When I first got my kitty, Sally. Sally, she's walking in the living room right now. Sally, fine, don't look at me. Be a Caitlin. When I first got my kitty. Uh, I was just like what did I just do I just got got a pet And I started freaking out And I ended up preferring to not be at home Because It was like what did I just do I just invested in this life that I have to take care of For all these years now So I couldn't wait to not be in the house Because I wouldn't have to like Be around my little kitten when she would meow 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 But then I got the call from the vet After her first checkup saying hey man yeah, your kitty's poop is all healthy. She's fine, and since that moment to up till now and forever, she's what I call, she's my boobs. I call her my boobs, my boobs. Yeah, she's my kitty. So that's what I mean when I say, you know, if you don't see it, it doesn't happen. So if Joey doesn't ask what's wrong with Caitlin, then there's nothing wrong. <sighs> anyway, the Zit's then go in to find Lucy. She looks over the script and she says that it's fine, except for the part with the the parts where the girls hug and fondle the Zit remedy. Which Joey complains is the best part. <laughs> oh. Wheels then offers to do some more script changes. And Snakes asks Lucy if she'll shoot the video if things are changed. Lucy says she'll think about it. Joey tells them that they should just forget about it and find someone else to shoot the video. But they don't know anybody else with a video camera. Yep. eighty nine nineties. 90s All you privileged kids of today with your cell phones that have high freaking... Hi-Fi cameras on them This is the kind of stuff you had to do back in school If you wanted to make a video You had to find the one student in the whole school Who had access to a video camera Whereas now all you clowns (laughs) Have it on your phones Yeah So don't tell me how friggin' oppressed you supposedly are You have phones With cameras on them And internet Yeah, anyway The Zit Remedy start to go through the script pages To see which pages need editing and changes, and it appears that every page, <laughs> every one of the pages, do. <laughs> so every freaking page has scenes with them being fawned by, being fondled by girls. <laughs> oh man! Meanwhile, Lucy and the twins—they're laughing about the creative control that Lucy has over the video. But uh, Lucy says that you know she agrees that she'll probably end up shooting the video anyway. Heather then offers to help Lucy with the video since LD hasn't been around. We haven't heard anything about that yet, but it's coming. And the twins head into the bathroom and Erica asks Heather, you know, why is she suddenly interested in helping with the video? And Heather replies that she became interested once Wheels became interested. So, yeah, there's a little something there. Maybe, we'll see, won't we? And Heather says that it's a chance to spend some time with Wheels. And that's when Erica looks at the bathroom mirror and she finds written on the bathroom mirror in red lipstick... Erica Farrell murders babies, and she wonders who keeps doing these things. And she sh- attempts to wipe it off the mess, the uh, off the mirror. And she, uh, yeah, she ain't happy about it, man. As uh, that uh, story is continuing, and it's going to continue to continue, as we continue to recap. We go to the cafeteria where the Zits are working on the script and the new lyrics. Uh, yeah, and new lyrics for their one and only song, and they're trying to come up with what. The something And everybody wants something is And Snake, the genius Suggests good marks (laughs) Everybody wants good marks But Wheels and Joey Disagree, thank God As if the song wasn't awful enough (laughs) Uh, It's a terrible song But it's catchy to the point where it's great That's what I'm talking about It's an awfully good song That's what I mean Wheels then suggests A car what about a car? And Joey and Snake instantly love that idea. And at one point, Snake even starts to sing the, the chorus. And he sings, everybody wants a car? <laughs> oh, that sounds stupid. Ah, <laughs> oh. And they then realize that they need a car for the video if they're going to say everybody wants a car. But they don't actually change the lyrics to a car. I guess uh, the for the video, the they need to have something, the the word something in the song of the title To be represented by something So they choose a car So they realize that they're going to need a car And Wheels suggests acting, asking Clutch uh, But Joey doesn't trust Clutch Because Clutch took six of their beers last uh, Well not last year But a few months back for Lucy's party After he bought a 2-4 for them When Snake's attempt failed <laughs> Wheels says that Clutch is the only one they can ask And Joey eventually agrees, which is funny. Clush is the only one in high school who's got a car? Or is he the only one that they have talked to and are somewhat, I don't want to say friends with, but acquaintances with who has a car? Because uh, when I went to high school, a lot of kids had cars. I didn't, but yeah. We go to the quad. Claude and Caitlin are finishing eating their lunch together. And they shake hands as they part ways. Maya then walk uh, uh, Maya then appears Just saying And she jokes with Caitlyn Asking her how her you know How her new boyfriend is As she's spending a lot of time with him But Caitlyn says that Claude isn't her boyfriend Maya suggests Breaking up with Joey before going any further As she's just Stringing him along Exactly Caitlyn uh, I mean, she uh, she's obviously not well. I don't know if she's meaning to do it with Joey, but she didn't mean to do it with Arthur. I mean, yeah. I mean, Caitlyn used that Arthur and his hair to uh, break the date with Joey, giving Arthur and his hair some false hope. Kaylin replies, asking Maya how she, you know how would Maya know about how to treat boys? <laughs> oh, Caitlyn now she's really getting. She's legit getting brutal. And after hearing this, Maya did not like it. And she starts to ride away in her wheelchair, and Caitlin runs after her and apologizes. Caitlin insists that she and Claude are just friends and they haven't even kissed each other. Maya then asks, But you wanted to kiss you, right? Caitlin has sports this little half assed smile temporarily, and Maya tells Caitlin that Joey's gonna be really hurt when she breaks up with him. Yeah, we all were. Caitlin, spoiler alert. And anyway, then we go to the zit remedy. And they find Clutch, and they ask Clutch if they can use his car for the music video, but he's not interested. And he asks them why he would want to help them. And they say that it's a worthwhile project and his car would become famous, but Clutch still says no. And Joey then wonders what they're going to do, because they promised Lucy by the end of the day. And upon hearing Lucy's name, Clutch then just springs to life, and he's suddenly interested Asking them what Lucy's got to do with it, and they tell him that uh, Lucy's going to be shooting the video for them. Clutch then quickly changes his mind, tells the Zist the remedies that he's a nice guy, and he'll let them use their car, but just one thing—he's going to be the one driving, and they agree, and they're excited. He's Clutch's splatter car. We then go to Spike's locker. Liz sees Erica, and he calls her like he sees her in a. She sees her in a distance. And she calls Erica the murderer. Spike then tells Liz that she's being boring, and that's all she's been talking about recently. And she says that Liz is just giving a rest. Spike then says that she, you know, that she can't say what's right for other people, and she wants to know why Liz keeps going on about it. And Liz then tells Spike about how when Liz was Liz's mom was pregnant with Liz, her dad told her to get an abortion, and when her mother wouldn't. Her dad beat her mother real bad and she ended up in the hospital unconscious and she never went back to him. And she tells Spike that if her mother had gone back and had an abortion, Liz would never have been born. Spike gives Liz a hug, tells her that she didn't know. Still doesn't mean that it's any of your business, Liz. Just saying. Anyway, the zits give the script to Lucy to look over. She tells him that she won't do it, though. But it's only because of the part that, you know, of Clutch being there with his car. And they want to know why. Because Wheels says Clutch is a great guy, even though he took six of your beers. <laughs> but Lucy still tells them that she's not going to do it. And she's only saying that she won't do it if Clutch is going to be there. Heather then says to Erica that she, you know, what about Wheels, man? She says, Wheels! And so once, uh... Lucy and the twins get into the girls' change room for gym class. Erica tells Lucy, you know, that she's acting a little unfair. Heather says that Lucy should just give Clutch a chance because maybe he's changed. And they just keep prying away at Lucy. And they tell her that, you know, they'll be there with doing the, they'll be there, uh, you know, shooting with her, at the shoot with her. It'll be in public. And if uh, Clutch tries to do anything, you know, they'll be there to stop it. Lucy then gives in. And she agrees to do the videos Or the video, she goes out to tell the Zit Remedy As the the twins Heather and Erica high-five each other We go to the hallway where the Zit Remedy are sitting outside on couches Which is just outside of the girls' change room And they're wondering what they're gonna do now Wheels says that now they're gonna have to tell Clutch Lucy comes out and she tells them That she'll shoot their video And they want to confirm that they're gonna shoot it with, that she's okay with the car and with Clutch and she says, yes, with the car and with Clutch. Zit Remedy jump for joy. They cheer and they walk off saying they're going to be rich and famous. Sure you are. <laughs> Later on, Caitlin is at her locker. Claude comes up. And he does his shoulder tapping gag again, which puts a big smile on Caitlin's face. as she says, I hate when you do that. And Claude says, that's why I do it. Yeah, no, you do it because you suck. He gives her a box. And he tells her that it's a present. Caitlin opens the box and it's an earring. It's the, the other half, if you will. The second earring of the one that he wears. And he tells her that it's never been worn before. And he puts it on Caitlin's ear for her. And as he's doing this, he moves in closer to give her a kiss. But she pulls back and she says no. Claude in his dumb name asks why not. And Caitlin says because there's people watching. Claude then pulls Caitlin aside and says that they're not in junior high anymore. And they kiss. And Maya sees this as she's coming down the hall. And after Claude and his dumb name leave, hey, I don't care if people hey, he's dumb and his name. Screw him. Maya tells Caitlin, Now are you going to tell Joey? Which is actually edited from the original TV version. In the TV version, Maya says, Joey's going to be really upset when you, or really hurt when you dump him, you know. Which we heard earlier So obviously the big version on my DVD set Is the proper version Just saying Now are you going to tell Joey? Exactly Exactly, Kalen Now you're going to tell him? It's not cool Anyway, we go to the halls elsewhere We see Liz is taping a piece of paper to a locker When Erica appears and discovers her Born. That's really nice. You did the graffiti too, didn't you? And the notes. How can you be so horrible? You're the one who's horrible. You're the one who killed a baby. How do you know? And what's it got to do with you? I know what you did. You don't know why I did it, or what it was like. I know you murdered a baby. Baby, I hate you. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop Stop it. What's going on? Stop it. Stop it. Girl. Girl, stop it. That's enough be ashamed of your you disgusting murderer please don't work me ah oh! oh, man it was, it, it's something man seeing two long time characters get into like a legit fight with each other I mean there was no ground and pound but there was a lot of hair pulling and that ends with uh Liz uh, yelling at uh, Erica That she's a murderer And Erica responding that Liz is a witch And then uh, BLT picks up the paper Which says stop murdering the unborn As a bunch of students gather around him And they just sh- he just shows it to everybody So now everybody knows Way to go BLT Man, but that's what kids do Meanwhile, Caitlin finds Joey in the hallway Greatest day of my Joey. life right? yeah. Joey! Joey! Oh, Caitlin! I'll see you guys after school, alright? Caitlin! We're shooting our video today. Do you want to come watch? No. Well, do you want to be in it? We can, you know, put you in a scene or something like that. Joey, I have to talk to you. What? Just wait. We haven't been getting along very well right yeah i know that's my fault i'm sorry but i've been so wrapped up in this video thing but that's almost over now once i finish that i'm yours forever joey i still like you just not like before what do you mean it's nobody's fault i mean we've just gone in different directions you have your band i like politics and the environment You're fun and outgoing. I'm quiet and boring. So? So... I think we should stop seeing each other. Is this because of that Claude guy? Claude. You're not going to go out with him, are you? I'm sorry, I have to tell you. No, no, it's okay. It's no problem, really. I'll I'll see you at the movies or something, right? Claude. I love it. Is this because of that Claude guy? And then she corrects him. Screw that guy! (laughs) Oh, I never liked him! Even now, in 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 my 40s, I can't stand that guy, damn it! Oh, Joey looked like he was going to break down after leaving that classroom, for real oh, Damn that damn Claude oh. Anyway, Joey leaves the school by himself And he has a bit of the wet eyes as he starts to walk off Elsewhere outside, Clutch is waiting by his splatter paint car Wheels and the snake arrive And Clutch gives them a round of applause Lucy and Heather arrive without Erica and they start setting up the shoot for the video. Heather's telling Lucy about Erica and that she might come to help. And Lucy doesn't understand, she says she doesn't understand Liz saying that it's one thing to be pro-life, but it's just different it's something different entirely to write things on people's lockers. Anyway, they set up, as they're setting up, Lucy seems to, you know, be a little uncomfortable in Clutch's presence. And they're all standing around waiting. Just doing nothing. Snake and Wheels are playing with their instruments. And Lucy asks, Is this it? We just stand around and watch you guys look stupid? <laughs> oh, she's great. And Wheels and Snake tell Lucy that they just have they have to wait for Joey. And Lucy says that they might have to that, you know, maybe Joey has stage fright, but little Snake doesn't buy that. Joey then finally comes out with his keyboard. He takes a deep breath. And he heads over to Clutch's car, introducing himself in grand, in grand uh, fashion, obviously putting on an act. Snake tells Joey that he's late. And Joey says, you know, what, when has he ever heard of a concert that started on tag? Which, I, eh, I don't know, there was a New Kids on a Block concert that I went to at uh, Casino Rama in, uh, in uh, really Ontario a few years back. They actually had a countdown clock on the stage that counted down. And when it hit zero, the concert started. So, yeah, way to go, New Kids on the Block. That's right, I'm a New Kids on the Block fan and have been since the beginning. And I've been to several of their reunion shows. Yeah, awesome group, awesome shows. Anyway, they finally start filming the video. they are doing shots from on top of Clutch's car, doing shots in the dumpster where all their fake money blows away in the wind and then Heather and a bunch of other students have to go and gather it all back up even though it's fake money. I guess they need it for more scenes. There's a shot from behind a tree where the zits walk behind the tree And then only Snake doesn't appear from the other side And he ends up up in the tree in a later shot Because, you know, that's funny And this is the greatest music video ever (laughs) And while filming, Lucy is talking to Clutch And uh, it's apparent that that they're getting along And at one point during the filming When the zits are on top of Clutch's car Joey stomps his foot pretty hard on the roof Pretty much putting a dent in it And Clutch doesn't seem to care Ah, they're doing landscaping work outside Don't know if you can hear that Anyway, the final shot has the zits Sitting in an open classroom window On the school's second floor And Wheels falls out Which is then switched to a dummy The dummy falls behind Clutch's car And then Wheels pops out from behind right after with no injuries because that's funny. And then we are then shown the music video in full and it's cringy as hell to the point where it's awesome. So, yeah, go back and watch this if this episode if for nothing else for the official Everybody Wants Something Zit Remedy music video. Good lord. <laughs> after the after the shoot is finished, Wheels tells Joey that if this video doesn't imp- It doesn't impress Caitlyn, nothing will. Which instantly puts Joey in a somber mood. Way to go, Wheels. Everybody starts to pack... Well, they, the zits start to pack up their instruments into the back of trunk of, of a clutch's car. And they want to go and celebrate. And they Snake recommends going to a place that has the best burgers... As they still have 30 bucks left in the budget. Joey, looking somber thanks to Wheels and his big mouth... <laughs> He gives money to Snake, tells them all to go out, but he says he's going to go home as he's feeling tired. Will says that Joey's just hungry and they should go out with him. Joey says no, he's just going to go home as Lucy looks on. She obviously knows that something's wrong with Joey. Probably that women's intuition stuff, which I personally don't believe in, but what you going to (sighs) do? Clutch then asks Lucy if he passed. Lucy tells him that he did, which makes Clutch happy. Which made me happy because Clutch, he, he, yeah, come on, he's he's all right. He's not that bad. You know, when he, as long as he's not drinking and acting stupid, he's he's fine. Anyway, they all head off for burgers without Joey. As Joey watches them leave, we get the freeze frame and the credits. Damn you, Claude! Damn you forever! Damn you, poor Joey. Caitlin. Anyway, that was the end of season uh, season 1 episode 5 everybody wants something. We now move on to Degrassi High season 1 episode 6 entitled Nobody's Perfect. Air date December 5th, 1989, 2 days after I turned 14 years old. And this is one of those pushing the envelope episodes. Very powerful. Very, very, very very. We start outside of the school. Scott the douchebag and his facial hair are waiting for Kathleen And when she comes out Scott tells Kathleen that she's late And he hates it when she's late And he's obviously getting angry And he starts pulling her hair And he tells her that nobody does this to him Kathleen promises that it won't happen again And asks him to stop because he's hurting her Scott tells Kathleen that she deserves it And then suddenly just chills out He tells her that he's sorry And he didn't mean to hurt her And he says that he loves her And she smiles And tells him that she loves him too And then they hug And Kathleen forgives him But uh, she's looking a little uh, Shaken or very shaken And that's when we get the intro After the intro We're in Mr. Wallfish's class Where they're reading Romeo and Juliet Alex is reading the part of Romeo And uh uh, someone else is reading Juliet. Joey and Luke laugh at him. and Mr. Wallfish tells them that Shakespeare is really exciting when you really get into it. Well, if you say so. He then assigns Luke and Kathleen to work on uh, together to perform some Shakespeare. and he tells them that they're gonna be going first next time. Wallfish then tells Joey, or he then pairs he then chooses Joey to go second the next day. And as he starts to try to find a partner for Joey, Caitlin instantly volunteers, which stuns Joey, who's sitting right behind her. Class ends, and Scooter and Bond, of all people, start making fun of Luke and Kathleen doing Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) Ah, Scooter and Bond. Those nerds, of all people, making fun of... Ah, they're awesome. Love it. Anyway, on the way out of class, we hear an announcement over the PA saying that the roles... For the school play have been cast And have been selected Kathleen tells Melanie that she'll die If she doesn't get a part As Melanie reminds Kathleen that all the good parts Go to seniors anyway But Kathleen thinks that there's still hope Kathleen goes to check the listing And she sees that her name Is not on it Scott the Deuce shows up with his facial hair And he sees that he also Didn't get a part he tells Kathleen that it's okay he says that they still have each other. Kathleen said that she really wanted the part. Scott gives her a present. He tells her that it's for their 1 month anniversary. Give me a friggin' break. Why do kids do that? Probably because they're kids and because they're stupid. 1 month anniversary. All right. Maybe it's because I never had a girlfriend in friggin' high school. Maybe that's why. Me I probably would have done I probably would have done a friggin' two, 1 day anniversary. That's how excited I would have been to have gotten a girlfriend in high school Just saying Anyway, Kathleen opens up the uh, the box And it's a necklace, a heart necklace Scott puts the necklace on Kathleen And he tells her that it's also To say, well quote To say sorry for, you know <sighs> Kathleen tells Scott that it's okay And that she sort of deserved what he did Ah, oh, Melanie, you need to talk to that girl Oh man Elsewhere in the hallway, Liz is walking down the hall And she intentionally slash accidentally bumps into Erica She goes and joins Spike And Spike tells uh, Liz that Emma might have a little boyfriend at daycare When suddenly another student compliments Spike on her Pogues t-shirt The Pogues were a band, or were, I don't know if they still are I'm not familiar with their music, I just know of the name and he's wearing the same shirt that Spike is wearing Spike thanks him And then this student asks her out And Spike says that she can't go out Because, you know, she holds up a little stuffed animal And says she's busy on evenings And uh, the student, well will just he, we know his name well, his, we'll eventually find out his name It's Patrick, alright Patrick says he understands Because he knows about the baby And he says he can't blame a man for trying He then leaves And Liz asks Spike if she really wants to go out with him she wants to know what Spike knows about him, and Spike says that she that his name is Patrick, and he's in grade eleven, and he likes her shirt. Elsewhere in the halls, Joey is singing the Zitz remedy song, one and only song. When he spots Caitlin at her locker, and he starts singing louder. And upon hearing this, Caitlin flags him down, and she asks Joey when he wants to get together to work on the Shakespeare project. Joey says that he doesn't need the practice, but Caitlin insists. Joy suggests meeting that day after school, but Caitlin can't. And Joy remarks, Going out with Claude, right? <laughs> and Caitlin corrects him on the name, says, Claude. God. That's even worse. <laughs> Caitlin suggests tomorrow after school, but Joy says he has that Joy just says he has he, he has to leave. He has to go. Bye. We go to the cafeteria. Kathleen sits with Melanie and Diana. And she tells them that she didn't get the part in the school play. But she shows them the necklace that uh, Scott gave her That's when Scott arrives And he calls Kathleen over And says come on Kathleen Here's Kathleen. Come on And Kathleen immediately instantly gets up And leaves and goes with Scott for lunch And Melanie says to Diana That Kathleen's always doing exactly what Scott says And while seeing this Diana's sitting there like an idiot Gushing all over Scott and his douche facial hair Actually I don't even think he's got the facial hair In this episode I think it's gone Yeah it is gone by now He's still a dickwad, just saying Anyway, outside in the quad Kathleen tells Scott That there's another group That is having auditions for a play And she says that she wants to try out But Scott Gets a little, a little uh, Not too happy And he tells her not to And he says that they'll never get to see each other And Kathleen says that she loves acting And Scott tells her that He doesn't want to see her embarrass herself He says that it's not just because she's a niner But he saw her audition and it wasn't very good And that she's not a very good actress Scumbag Kathleen points out that she won the drama prize in junior high And Scott reminds her that hey, things are different in high school He says that he's telling her for her own good And that he loves her Which gets the weakest attempt at a fake smile in return but Kathleen is obviously too upset. <sighs> Scott the scumbag. Anyway, we go to the halls where Patrick runs into Spike again and he tells her that he'd like to see her after school. And he says that it can't be today because he has a band practicing. But perhaps tomorrow they can go out and you know go for a walk. And then come back and they can pick up Emma. Spike says yes. Patrick leaves, Liz appears. She wanted to know. She just, she just like, almost like she's got an attitude. Liz, Liz says, So what does he want? What did he want this time? Like, come on, Liz, brighten your day for crying all out. Loud. Spike tells Liz that Patrick asked her out again and that uh, he seems nice. And Liz then Spike then proceed to walk down the hallway together. And Liz reminds Spike about her first date with Joey and how, uh, you know, he wanted to do the deed. He wanted to make Swamp Sex Robots Part 3. Later on, class is end, and Kathleen asks Luke if they're going to rehearse their project together. They talk a little bit and they end up out in the hallway. Kathleen stops Luke and just pushes him up a little uh, up against the locker. And she tells him that she wants to do well as Scott is watching from a distance. Luke says he doesn't want to rehearse he starts to try to leave, but Kathleen stops him. She puts her hand on his arm to stop him. And when, she try, and when he tries to leave again, she puts her hand on his shoulder while Scott is watching. And they talk about rehearsing. And Luke finally agrees to rehearse. And Kathleen heads to her locker. And when she turns a corner, she's quickly grabbed by douchebag Scott. And he slams her into the lockers pretty freaking hard And he asks her who the guy was And Kathleen tells him that it was Luke It was just Luke and they've got an assignment to work on together Scott tells Kathleen that he doesn't want her flirting with other guys As he once again slams her into the lockers pretty freaking hard And Kathleen voices that he's hurting her And pleads for him to let her go Scott then turns around Or turns Kathleen around the other way And slams her into another locker Demanding that she not talk to Luke again But Kathleen says that she can't Because they have the project to work on You friggin douchebag Bloody hell Scott says that he doesn't care And he tells her to get out of it And he keeps holding her up against the lockers And he starts squeezing her shoulders As Kathleen tells him that he's hurting her and that's when they both, see Kath, or they both see Melanie and Diana are standing there And they've seen the whole damn thing And after seeing this, Scott lets Kathleen go Kathleen looks at Melanie and Diana awkwardly And she tells them that they were just fooling around And she runs off As Scott calls out to her and runs after her And uh, watching this now Oh, I wanted to kick this guy's ass I uh, just feel really bad for Kathleen, especially, especially since they removed a lot of the snootiness from her character. And and just watching this now, all these years later, I I was just and I was just fantasizing in my head for a cutscene where Melanie would would run and grab a teenage me who would beat the crap out of this guy. Oh, this guy! Oh my God! Ugh. Anyway, we, we go over to Kathleen's home Kathleen, she now has bruises on her shoulders and her neck And she's got a, she suddenly has a dozen roses And a card that says, sorry, I love you, Scott And this makes Kathleen happy She calls Scott And she tells him that the flowers are beautiful In class the next day, Caitlin asks Joey if they're still on to rehearse for the Shakespeare project And Joey replies, you know, okay if they have to Meanwhile, Kathleen tells Luke that they need to practice for their presentation. And Luke says that he has to go to his locker first and he'll meet her in the drama room. So Luke goes to his locker where BLT suddenly appears and asks Luke if he wants to go practice some basketball, and Luke says, yeah, and he friggin' goes, idiot! <laughs> Come on, Luke. <laughs> Meanwhile, Scott arrives, he walks up to Kathleen. And he asks her if she wants to drive home. Kathleen says that she has some geography homework to do. And it will take her about half an hour. Scott uh, is, uh, at first, not too happy about this, but suddenly he's okay with it. You know, ooh, yeah. Beat his face in. He tells Kathleen that he'll meet her at his car in 30 minutes. And he leaves. And he reminds Kathleen that he loves her. Melanie and Diana then leave the come out of the classroom and they see Scott leaving and they ask Kathleen about this douche and Melanie says that you know she asked Kathleen about what they saw and she says that uh, he seemed pretty violent and Kathleen starts making excuses for him saying that they were just arguing and he has a temper and he gets jealous and that nobody's perfect which Diana stupidly agrees with Melanie then says that making you know, making him mad doesn't give him the right to hurt her Kathleen being, like being Kathleen but Kathleen says that it didn't really hurt and she says that she deserved it because she makes him mad all the time which freaks out Melanie and Kathleen says that Scott needs her and she can change him and he's the best thing that's ever happened to her and he makes her feel special and he loves her Melanie tells Kathleen that if Scott loved her He wouldn't hurt her as Kathleen walks away. We go to a library. Joey and Caitlin are rehearsing Romeo and Juliet. Joey messes up a line or two and he starts to laugh. And he says it talks about how bad he is. But Caitlin tells him that he's not. And she tells him that she wants to have a talk. And she asks Joey if they can still be friends. And Joey says yes. And Caitlin says, alright, that's all I wanted to say. (laughs) And they continue. And then she tells Joey that working with him Is just like old times That's when Joey finally asks What went wrong And if it was anything that he did Was it his clothes Was it his personality Or or is he just a loser And that's when Caitlin gives him the classic It's not you it's me line God (laughs) Saying that she's changed And Joey tells her that he can change too And if she wants to see foreign films He can do that or you can talk politics with her. Caitlin tells Joey that it's over and it's nobody's fault, and Joey's leave. Joy leaves. Yeah, no, no, nobody. No, it's Cla- it's Claude's fault. It's all Claude's fault. That idiot. We go to a classroom where Kathleen is reading her lines when Mr. Wallfish walks in, surprised that anybody was in, was still there. Kathleen tells Wallfish or Wallfish walked in, Kathleen tells Wallfish that she and Luke are going to be rehearsing the Romeo and Juliet scene. She then asks him if her audition was awful and he tells her that she was very good but there were only so many roles to go around and from what he saw, she'll get her chance soon enough and to not give up as she's very good which puts a smile on her face that I liked seeing because that was a real smile. Made her happy because she deserves it. Wallfish leaves, telling Kathleen to have a good rehearsal. Elsewhere outside, Patrick and Spike are on their walk. Patrick tells Spike that he moved to Canada from Dublin. That's right, he's Irish, hence the accent. And that it's beautiful there in Can or here in Canada. But he does miss the greenness of Ireland. He then then asks Spike to tell him about herself. And when he asks her this, he attempts to put his arm around her, which forces Spike to pull back. And she tells him that that she doesn't like to be touched. As Patrick jokes, that, you know, there goes his plans for giving her a massage. And she didn't really react, you know, humorously to that But he had to remind her there was a joke And she says, I know They then stop at an ice cream vendor And they order ice cream stuff Patrick says that he'll pay for both of theirs Which Spike says that she'll pay for her own She cops an attitude And then Patrick laughs and he says Okay, fine, you can pay for his too Upon hearing this, Spike lights up and she laughs and Patrick is happy that she finally smiled <laughs> he, he tells her that she's wound up tighter than a screw And then he suggests that they start over And they do so by reintroducing themselves to each other And they walk off holding hands uh, Yeah, Spike was another one that I cried I don't know if there's any, any, any female students In the Degrassi universe that I didn't crush on back in the day Spike was another one of them I loved her big eyes And they were very represented in this scene When he uh, jokes with her that uh, she can pay for his too And then she suddenly lights up Tell you, Amanda Septo or Steptoe I keep getting mixed up She's got beautiful eyes, man Especially to this day In the next generation she, I mean, she didn't have the hair But she still had those awesome eyes Right on Anyway, at his car We see Scott and he's waiting And he ain't happy And he's getting angrier He's checking his watch And then he goes He puts his jacket into his car And he heads into the school To look for Kathleen We go into one of the classrooms Where Kathleen is reading her lines And she's still waiting for Luke Who finally shows up Kathleen tells Luke that he's late And they can only practice for a few minutes Kathleen gives Luke The book with the script and she looks back at the clock and it's now after 4 pm. Meanwhile, in the hallway, Scott is looking in the classroom for Kathleen and he's visibly getting angrier. And he finally arrives at the classroom where Kathleen and Luke are. And he looks through the window and he sees Kathleen in there with Luke. as she has her, she has a hand on Luke's shoulder as they're rehearsing their lines. Scott opens the door, looking not too happy. That Kathleen turns and sees him, and she's suddenly she's uh yeah she's looking pretty uh, scared. Kathleen tells Scott that she and Luke were just rehearsing. Because remember, Kathleen told Scott that she was doing she had the geography uh, stuff to do. Huh? <sighs> Scott then asks Luke to you know if he can just you know step out for a bit, which Luke does. Kathleen tells Scott that they were, you know, at first Luke says, you know, we've got to do stuff, but Kathleen, you know, she quickly, well, she's, she's obviously scared, and she tells Luke that they've rehearsed enough, so Luke does leave, and that's when Scott closes the door behind Luke. Thanks a lot, buddy. No problem. You lied to me. Only because I knew you'd get mad. If you knew I'd get mad, then why did you do it? I want to do well on this. Mr. Walfish told us to practice. I've given you so much, and this is the thanks I get? Scott, please. This is so important to me. It's acting. I Told you, you can't act. I can. Mr. Walter said my audition was good. Are you kidding me? He said I should keep auditioning. And and I I say you stunk. You're pathetic. You're lucky I go out with you. Nobody else would want you. Scott, please. Don't leave when I say so. Please don't hurt me. Scott, don't. Useless You're garbage. <sighs> 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 the douchebag kicks her. He leaves, he leaves her on the floor crying and watching this again now. I wanted to paint that classroom's floor using that douchebag's face as the paintbrush for real. I mean, the shot of Kathleen curled up on the ground crying—it's powerful. It's something. It's pushing the envelope big time. It's wow, DeGrassi. Oh, man. Just, just bring, just bring in that deleted scene with me, a teenage me, and I'll take care of it. Bloody hell, that dude deserves a beating and a half. Anyway, later on at home, Kathleen is sitting on her bed. She's bed her bed. She's now got bruises on her face along with the bruises on her neck and her arms. She's clutching a stuffed animal as the phone is ringing, but she does not answer it. The next day, Spike tells Liz that her walk with Patrick went great and they're going to a movie on Saturday. Meanwhile, at her locker, Kathleen puts up, uh, she's she starts she's putting makeup on to cover up her bruises. Scott arrives. And he apologizes to Kathleen for what happened. Kathleen tells him that he really hurt her. Scott says that he knows that. But uh, she deserved it because she lied to him. He then says that he loves her. Kathleen then asks that, you know, why do you hurt me if you love me? Scott says that he doesn't mean it and he can't help it. Scumbag. God. He then gives her back the necklace which he ripped off during uh, during the audio which you heard which he any he, which he fixed for her after ripping it off her neck and he wants her to wear it again but Kathleen she walks away without taking it back Scott then follows her and asks her where she's going and he tells her that he needs her and that he'll never hurt her again Kathleen stops she turns and she looks at Scott we get the freeze frame on Kathleen's face, which is bruised up, and the credits. What an episode. Whoa. Oh man. This Scott guy. Damn. Anyway, that was Nobody's Perfect. Degrassi High Season 1, Episode 6. Whew. Stay tuned next week. Oh man, well, we're gonna oh, like, oh. Claude and Scott. Just put me in an octagon with both of them, two against one. I'll beat their both of their friggin' heads in. I actually, Claude would probably sit there cowering like a friggin' pansy, whereas Scott, please, yeah, please, grab a bucket of paint and let me use your face to paint the friggin' everything with your friggin' face. Anyway, that was that. That was the Grassy Buddy episode 15. com. I'm there. Be on Twitter and Instagram. Join me next time for more Degrassi Buddy Episode 16 where we will be Where we will be we I will be recapping episode, Degrassi High episode Season 1 Look at me stuttering because this Scott and Claude God we, I will be recapping Degrassi High Episodes 7, 8, 9, and 10 That's right Because there's a two-parter in there And they are Just Friends Little White Lies And 16 Parts 1 and 2 so four episode recap next time. One of those four episode recaps. Yeah, as we uh, get down to the nitty gritty near the end of season one of Degrassi High and ultimately nearing the end of Degrassi Buddy unless I decide to, do, to recap next generation stuff or do other stuff Degrassi related. I don't know, we'll see. I'll have to think of stuff. But it's hard to think when when uh, friggin' Scott is ugh, and Claude hasn't uh, yeah, done uh, You know, we all know what he does. Anyway, join me for that episode Spread the word If you have comments, memories, whatever That you'd like me to read on here and critique And tell me why you're right or why you're wrong Leave a comment uh, Via the link uh, at the website Via the link or nearby At, at uh, uh, gmail.com And I will read them And God help you If you say that you think that Scott dude Was cute or that Claude guy Was cute, I will ridicule you Until there's no tomorrow Join me next time and have a lovely, lovely day.